And welcome into the Locked On Razor Rex podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also, check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. we got lots of things to get into today, and it's going to be great because we're going to have an interview uh, that we actually had on the Morning Rush with Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South. Gives a lot of great insight on the Arkansas Razorbacks and their current situation with Chad Morris. And he doesn't think that Chad Morris will make it after the season has some interesting stuff we'll dive into that as well as the rest of the sec particularly the sec west and how that is shaping up so without further ado here's our interview with michael bratton of saturday down south michael bratton good morning michael of saturday down south how you doing doing great john thanks for having me well it's always good to have you on man and i know that you cover a lot of different teams in the sec and arkansas at least at this point in time is in the sec they may get kicked out if they keep up uh this uh this horrible play but i i just, I just want your thoughts just in general, about the current situation that Arkansas and Chad Morris finds themselves in here with uh, just four games to go in the season. Arkansas sitting at 2-6. and six. They have no SEC victories this year. They've had some close calls. They had a bad loss. It seems like it's all up in the air. Razorback fans are jumping off of the Chad Morris bandwagon very, very quickly. What are your thoughts on the current situation that Arkansas finds themselves in right now? Yeah, I mean, I can't blame a single member of Razorback Nation that you know, jumping off the bandwagon, like you said. I mean, this is uh, Chad Morris who came in touting his ability as an offensive coach and not really seeing it. I think the biggest issue that I have with the Razorbacks coming into this season, you know, last year it was just yo-yoing of the quarterbacks. It didn't seem like they knew. I mean, it's bad enough if you don't know who you want game to game. It doesn't seem like at times they knew quarter to quarter, quarter to quarter, series to series. I figured that'd be fixed with Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle, and, you know, we get some recruits in that Chad Morris has brought. These are all his guys now, and now it's the same thing. I mean, I, I'm just at a loss for words. You saw it in that Alabama game. You've seen it all season, but Nick Starkle throwing up these terrible picks, and, and Chad Morris just got a blank look on his face. I don't think he has any idea what he's doing there, and I kind of joked with you off the air that uh, it seems like whatever quarterback they prepare – that is the one that plays the worst, and the guy that is not getting the reps actually plays a little bit better. So uh, if I'm a Razorback fan, I think I'm, I get fired up about who the backup is because this week he's probably going to be the better player. Well, it's funny you bring that up because we've we've been talking about that on our show for the past few weeks now of how weird it is that the starting quarterback struggles and then the guy that replaces him ends up and plays pretty fairly well. So do you have any theory behind why that is? Like, Do you have any reasoning? Because I have been sitting here trying to say – and make sense out of it all, but I don't think I can. What's your theory on why that is that the starting quarterback struggles, but then the backup comes in and plays better? I mean, it, there is no answer, aside from possibly how they prepare, how they coach, because it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, they're, they're bringing in a backup, and then it's, uh, you know, he does well, and then it's the next week, it's that, that guy starting, and now he struggles. So, I mean, it's the same players, just in a different rotation. It, it just makes no sense. Uh, and it, once again, this is this is his offense. These are his quarterbacks. These are his skill players for the most part that he's bringing in. Uh, you would think there would be some consistency there, and that's what uh, that's not even talking about the special teams, which has been a, a disaster for two years in a row. Um, now I'm not. I know the the situation he inherited is a complete 180 from Bielema, but you know you look around the SEC, you can say what you want about Jimbo Fisher and Jeremy Pruitt and some of these other second-year coaches around the nation, uh, at least you start to see at those schools 
of signs that things are going to get better. And here we are nearly two years into the Chad Morris era, and it looks as exact same as it did at the beginning. I mean, there's, there just seems to be no progress with even better players. I'm not saying they should immediately pull the plug here, but they can't beat Western Kentucky in two weeks with a quarterback that you basically ran off. Um, I, I just don't see any future for Chad Morris and Fayetteville. So since you say that, I like to bring this up. People have been saying to me, because I've kind of felt the same way you have, that if you go 0-16 in conference in your first two years, you can't be back the third year. It just it just can't happen, uh, especially if you lose to Western Kentucky and San Jose State in the same year. But people have been coming after me saying, you can't fire a coach after two seasons. You can't make changes after two seasons because of consistency and because that you you got to have stability in your program so and you have to balance it out as far as season ticket holders and boosters. People are going to start giving money. I mean, it's just a very, very difficult situation to find themselves in. Do you feel like firing a coach after two years in this day and age in college football is as detrimental to a program as like a lot of people like to make it out to be? No, because I think the thing that's detrimental is sticking with a coach just to stick with him if he has no clue what he's doing. And you know, from all indications, Chad Morris is a really nice guy. I'm not trying to bury the guy, but just not seeing anything from his teams that shows that he's a good coach and knows what he's doing. I mean, I, he bought, he, you know, his reputation kind of built on the fact that he found Deshaun Watson. Well, Clemson got better after he left. We all know what SMU's doing right now, and they're not even playing with his players. They're, I don't want to say a college football playoff team, but they're, I think they're in the top 20 right now. I mean, uh, this, all indications are that this guy is, is just not that good of a coach. And, if you want to bring him back to year three, that's fine, but then you're just kind of pushing back the rebuild to 2021. I don't see any sense in it. And, you know, I've had people ask me, well, who can Arkansas get? It's not it's not Arkansas that's the issue, I don't think. I think it's the fans. The fans are great. I think it's uh, just a coaching issue at this point, and I think you can get plenty of guys to come into Arkansas. To, it's a school proven that you can win at. Uh, if I'm Arkansas, I'm, I'm – banging down the doors for a guy like Mike Leach. I, I like the fact that they went, they're going against the grain. You can't do what Bielma tried to do. You can't try to be LSU. You can't try to be Alabama. You're never going to beat them playing their game. I like the fact that they're spreading out, going to an up-tempo offense, but I just think they picked the wrong coach to do it. We'll continue our conversation with Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South here in just a second. But first, though, folks, i got to talk to you about erectile dysfunction because it's not easy. Let's be honest. Usually you just brush it off and blame ourselves and saying things like I lost my mojo or you avoid it altogether. Like you had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of the privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to give you the best treatment plan necessary and the medication if it's appropriate. Roman will also ship that medication to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. You just go to roman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today with and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Just go to roman.com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Get go, Just go over there to getroman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. Again, getroman.com slash locked. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Well, you, you mentioned how being in Arkansas and that it can be a respectable program, which I know Razorback fans feel that way, and I know I feel that way too. But also playing in the SEC West is just, my goodness, it, it just was a bad time because when Arkansas joined the SEC back in 1992, yeah, the conference was was good, but I don't think anyone ever dreamed that the SEC West, the division that Arkansas was going to be in, was just going to be so good year in and year out. How do you, what do you make of this division this year and with the coaches? Obviously, LSU and Alabama are still going to be the kings of this division, but it certainly seems like it's still a, a division that's just a force to be reckoned with, and I don't know where Arkansas as a program fits into that mold. So where do you feel like they fit in the SEC West as far as a program in general? Well, I mean, obviously right now they're dead last, but there is an opportunity with the struggles at Mississippi State. With uh, I know I'm not a big believer in Matt Luke. I really like what his coordinators have done this year. But there's an opportunity, if Arkansas has got the right guy, to jump both of those guys. And then at Auburn, I mean, they're great one year. They're terrible the next. Texas A&M, uh, it remains to be seen how good of a coach Jimbo Fisher really is. I don't think he's quite, you know, a lot of people think he's a top five, top ten coach. I think uh, Texas A&M, I mean, Jimbo can barely beat uh, Chad Morris. So I think there's even an opportunity for Arkansas to jump the Aggies uh, as long as Jimbo's running that ship. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an uphill climb to pass Alabama and LSU. It would be for just about anybody. But uh, I, I, there's no excuse for Arkansas to just be in the cellar of the SEC West. I know it's the toughest division in college football, but uh, they should at, at no worst be around fifth. I think they can climb as high as fourth or third with the right guy in there. Right, let's talk a little bit more about the SEC West in general. I brought up LSU and Alabama. Everyone's looking forward to that game, and hopefully, hopefully, two is going to be healthy enough to play in that game because that's what's going to make that game even better here in just a couple of weeks. But the SEC West, I, I don't know how you felt about Ed Orgeron when he was hired at LSU, but I thought it was a bad hire. I did, and, and, and I thought that it was he may be great recruiting, but I just feel like LSU settled a little too much and could have gotten out and gotten somebody better. So far this year, I'm completely and totally wrong about Eddie O., in LSU. Do you believe that this year is finally the year where LSU beats Alabama, wins the SEC, and plays for a national championship in the college football playoff? I mean, based on what we've seen this year, absolutely. I think LSU's the better team, and I know everyone's fixated on the offense of both those teams, but particularly LSU for lightening up the way they are, but I actually like LSU's defense a lot better than Alabama's. I think they've got more experience. They've got better playmakers. I like the coordinator better. So I think that's going to be the difference. And obviously you mentioned the injury to Tua. You know, I, I fully expect him to play in this game, but I don't think he's going to be 100%. And that could be the difference. I mean, we're not going to see Tua running the ball. I think LSU is going to force him to try to do that. Um, I think that's probably the difference in that game. LSU gets it done. And, you know, it's interesting because we've seen what Clemson has become under Dabo Sweeney. That's, he was kind of a similar hire. Uh, as Coach O, where everyone kind of laughed that one off, but it seems to be working for Clemson and LSU to just just have elite coordinators build up the staff around a a college coach that's really dedicated to the program, a great recruiter. Uh, That may be the recipe moving forward for some of these schools. You don't always have to have, uh, you know, a $10 million coach to get it right. Maybe you just need a great recruiter, surround him with an excellent staff, uh, that's that's going to be something I think more schools will adopt moving forward. Yeah, I think so too, because I feel like with how how this division goes, it's always going to be good. But I thought Oklahoma was going to be that team that you know could maybe really cause some noise this year. Now, they, I'm not saying they're out of it, but them losing one game, you saw Georgia lose one their game, of course, against South Carolina, and I'm sure there's going to be some more upsets as college football goes on. 
in your, in your mind, what makes these great teams lose these games that they should not lose? Because it happens every year. Is it just simply overlooking the team? Is it just bad timing? Because this year, especially with the college football playoff and as many good teams as there are that are trying to get into the college football playoff, it, it seems like you can't overlook any teams, but for whatever reason, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it really depends on the team you're talking about. Like Someone like Oklahoma, I just think maybe the pressure was too much because I don't really think there's that huge of a gap between Oklahoma and Kansas State. And I got a lot of respect for that Kansas State coach, but we all know Lincoln Riley. He's an outstanding coach, so I don't think it was coaching in that one. If you want to talk about Georgia losing to South Carolina, I put that 100% on coaching. Uh, Kirby Smart, it seems like every year there's a game where he makes just a boneheaded decision or two. Uh, Georgia's got far and away the better talent of anybody in the SEC East, and not just the starting lineup, but you know, from 22 down to 85, no one can compete with them. They have just as good a roster as LSU or Alabama, but uh, I think it does come down to coaching. I think uh, it's almost like they've taken the opposite approach of Coach O and Clemson, where they've surrounded a recruiting coach in Kirby Smart with some questionable coordinators. It seems like he's hiring his buddies down there, not the best options. It's hard for me to believe that Georgia cannot do better than the offensive and defensive coordinator that they have. And I I think that's going to bite him again this week against a Florida team that is well-coached, doesn't match him in talent, but uh, they just seem to have all the momentum heading into this matchup. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, Michael, before I let you get there, I'm just going to ask you a pretty direct question. Next season, 2020, for the Arkansas Razorbacks, in your mind, do you believe Chad Morris is the coach? And if he is not, who do you believe are realistic options for who may be the coach at Arkansas? Yeah, I don't think Chad Morris is back based on anything that we've seen. I just, I can't bring him back for year three to just, Unless you want another two and ten, three and nine, but uh, and then for who that I would really like them, I think they may have screwed it up the first time, but I think they really should have went after Mike Norvell at Memphis, maybe kick the tires with him. I don't know if he'd be interested this time around. And then right there, I said it. We've seen it. Mike Leach interested in coming to the SEC, nearly had the Tennessee job. Uh, he seems like a guy where you know. Every few years, he's got to move on to a next job. I think it's time for him at Washington State. I think he's done everything he can do up there. The Mike Leach system has worked in the SEC before. I think it'll work again. It's not that different from what Chad Morris is trying to accomplish. Uh, I, I think you got to get a big-name, experienced coach. Do not go this route of hiring a first, not a first-time head coach, but maybe a first-time Power 5 coach. I think that's why Arkansas is in the mess they're in right now. Michael Bratton of Saturday Down South. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Bratton. Really appreciate you hopping on with this man. Uh, enjoy the rest of college football season. I know we just got a few games left, but I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right, my man? All right, man. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.